0: I am really excited about a brand new series that we're starting today, and uh, I want to just say this, if you've got the capacity to where you've got something that you can take some notes, and I don't often say that um, because I I just, I don't, I think some of you are note-takers by nature, and so you take notes, Uh, anyhow. But if you are able, uh, during this series that we're starting today, and you already see on the screen the title of this series, Why Your Worldview Matters, I'm going to be giving you so much information. And it's hard for me to be able to remember what, what I want to share with you. And I can only imagine if I'm doing the speaking and you're doing the listening, it's not going to be easy to remember everything. But if you can make some good notes. Uh, So if you've got your phone, and I know some of you are really good with your phones, I watch you. Some of you are good with your tablets, your iPads. I want you to uh, take some good notes today. I'm going to give you, as I mentioned, this is sort of the overview message. We're going to be in this four weeks. Every week we'll build uh, upon the next week. And so if you're watching online, those of you that are not able to be with us in person yet, I want to encourage you to follow along with us every week. And let me just say, I'm going to give you lots of scripture. You will not be able to walk out of this place today and say, wow, it would have been nice to have a little more Bible in that message. There'll be a lot of Bible and there's going to be a lot of verses and I want you to be sure that you get them down. So uh, I've said enough along that line, I jot down some things. I think it will be good to go back and review because I'm going to talk fast today, and I know that a lot of you think that because I'm from Georgia that I can't talk fast. But I can when I need to. And I need to because I've got about 30 minutes to give you a lot of information. Now, I want to talk to you about why your worldview matters. And you may not think about your worldview a whole lot, but let me just say this. Listen, this is really important. You have a worldview. You may not be able to define it. You may not be able to describe it. But trust me, you have a worldview that you function out of every single day. In fact, can I just uh, state it this way? Every decision that you make, and in the course of a day, a week, a month, a year, you're going to make myriads of decisions. And without you even or me even being conscious that we're accessing, and I'll come back to that, our worldview, you are constantly making decisions that flow out of your worldview. And your worldview is actually influenced by a lot of different things, a lot of different people. It happens to us all we all uh, have our worldview shaped sometimes again we're not even aware of it and uh, our worldview is often influenced by our friends And, and we don't think about it we don't say you know what the more i listen to my friends talk and their persuasion the more i think i'm adopting their worldview we don't think of it in that way, but it just happens. It happens. We can we can develop a worldview based on what our parents believe or our coworkers believe. You know, we can even have our worldview shaped based on what celebrities, what we hear them talking about, our professional athletes, our teachers. Here's a biggie. You know, one of the things that is shaping your worldview in a more pronounced way than you probably even have thought about it before, and that is social media, and, and you're just social media and you're spending time on it time and time and time and social media begins to shape our world view now this is really really important it's why we need to talk about it and our focus on part one we've we revolves around this idea of and, and I want to just say it does it really matter what I believe? Now, that's, that's rhetorical because the obvious answer to that is yes. You know, we're not going to say, no, it doesn't matter. I don't think there's anybody here that would say, well, it really doesn't matter what I believe. Some may, but I think if, if you feel that way, then you are probably be in a minority this morning because all of us, for the most part, we feel like it really matters what we believe. And early on, I want us to go ahead and define what our worldview is because you're like, hey, dude, if we're going to be talking about it, let's put a definition to it. So I'll give this and I borrowed this one. This is not original with me, but it's the best that I found. And I think it's really accurate. So you may want to get this down in your notes. It may be the first thing you get down. My worldview is the beliefs that I build my life on. My worldview is actually, and you have inculcated beliefs, and you may not even think about it, I believe this, 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 I don't believe that, 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 but again, you sort of have inculcated in your mind, we all do, a set of beliefs, and our worldview is the beliefs that I build my life on, and, and in fact, let me, let me just expand upon that a little bit further. It's how I view everything in life. See, your worldview, my worldview, is going to influence everything that we believe. What we believe about God, what we believe about people, what we believe about ourselves. What we believe about the past, what we believe about the present, what we believe about the future. Our worldview is going to be, it's going to influence how we view death or eternity, how we view good or evil or time or money and relationships. And again, as I mentioned a moment ago, each time, each time that you and I make a choice, make a decision without even realizing it, what do we do? We access, we reach into our worldview. But here's some good news. You get to choose your worldview. You do. You get to choose your worldview. And it's important that you and I choose correctly. It's important that we get this right, which means that you're going to want to establish a worldview that is based upon truth, based upon truth. Now that matters a whole lot. Why does your worldview matters? And we're going to talk about it. But again, this is overview weekend. I told you I'm going to give you a lot of information. So what I want to do is I want to give you five prevailing uh, worldviews. And, and there's a lot more. There's scores and scores and scores of worldviews. But these are the ones that in our current culture, where we live in America, these are some of the more uh, pronounced ones. And I'm limited in that to only five. I mean, I could give you a lot more, but let me give you five real quickly. You may want to get them down. Worldviews that we're influenced by, and sometimes we don't even know it. Number one, here's a worldview. Materialism. Materialism. Materialism is basically this, the one with the most toys wins. Now, there's nothing wrong with having toys. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. Uh, you know, we've, we've been blessed by God. We need to understand, uh, you know, where our blessings come from. So, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. Don't confuse that with materialism. But materialism is basically this idea of, you know, what matters most in life is the acquisition of things. Things are more important. The more that I have it's the idea of materialism. This worldview is basically like this. The more that I have, the happier I'm going to be. Now, I know some people that they have lots and lots and lots of stuff, uh, but they're not really happy. How many of you know somebody like that? You know, that they have, I mean, they have, they have all kinds of things but those things have not made them happy. But materialism basically says, the more I get, uh, the happier that I'm gonna be. I I I can tell you that there have been numerous, very, very poor countries that I've traveled to where people basically have nothing and their living conditions are pathetic but they're happier than a lot of people that I know that live right here in our country that are extraordinarily blessed. Uh, Go figure that. Someone in the grip of materialism believes this essentially, that net worth and self-worth are one and the same. So what do I need? This is the mentality if you're entrenched in materialism. What do I need? This is what I need. Always a little bit more. So it doesn't matter what I have. I always need a little bit more. And by the way, if I cannot afford it now, that's okay because I have a credit card and I can get it now whether I can afford it or not. So the idea is here's what I'm going to do. Materialism, I'm going to get all that I can. I'm going to keep it all for me. And what doesn't fit where I'm at, I'm actually going to store it. Now, I want to tell you, if you're looking to get involved in investing, I'll tell you a good business to get invested in, and that is self-storage business. And some of you are invested in that, and you're invested in it for a reason, because it's become so popular. I want you to listen to something that I found not long ago, that there are now more than 30,000 self-storage facilities in the country offering over a billion square feet of peop, uh, for people to store their stuff. In the 1960s, and some of you were not even around, I came along, I guess it was 20, 20 years or so after that. <laughs> <laughs> what... Okay, maybe not, maybe not. Let's get back to truth. In the 1960s, this industry did not even exist. We now spend, listen to this number, we now spend $12 billion a year just to pay somebody to store our extra stuff. In fact, it has become so big, it is now larger than the music industry, something that didn't exist. So the stuff that doesn't even fit, we've got to rinse. St- you know, places for the stuff to go. Now, this is what I want to mention, In- In case you've never really studied the life of Jesus, and I hope you will, if you haven't, Jesus loved, he loved to challenge conventional wisdom. Jesus would say something like this, you have heard it said, how many of you have read that in the words of Jesus, you have heard it said, but I say to you. It's like, hey, this is what you've heard. This is what you embrace. This is what you believe. But I'm saying to you, there's a different way to approach. There's a different worldview to have. Now, along this line, look at what Jesus says in the face of materialism. Look at what he says. Jesus said, life is not measured by, read the highlighted part with me, by what? How much much you own that is not the value of our life. But again, materialism basically says my, my net worth and my self-worth are basically one and the same. And I've got to get more and more and more and more. And it's really about me. And I'm not planning on sharing. And whatever I've got now, I've just got to get more materialism. Number two, be sure you get this one. This is huge. Individualism. Write that down. Individualism. Individualism is basically this. I have got to think of me first! Exclamation point, exclamation point. I've got to think of me first. It is a total me first mindset that our culture, by the way, continually caters to. Have it your way. Suit yourself. Do as you want. Whatever you say, you deserve it. And really, when individualism is taken to an extreme form, it's basically... Now, nobody's going to stand up and say this. Again, this influences all of our thinking at some level. But it's the idea, and again, nobody would be brazen enough to say something like this, but the, the real idea behind uh, individualism, the worldview, is basically, you know, it's not like I'm going to forget everybody But I'm going to so be focused on me that essentially I am forgetting everybody. It's totally self-centered individualism. But again, Jesus enters in. Remember, Jesus say something like this. You have heard that it was said, but I say to you, look at what Jesus would say in the face of individualism. Look at this. If you try to hang on to your life, guess what's going to happen? You will lose it. But if you give up your life, and that's not real popular in our culture. And it's not even talking about literally, although people do that in other countries for the gospel and for Jesus' sake. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And Jesus is in essence saying, you know, at the end of the day, it's really not all about you. Jesus taught, listen now, Jesus taught that real joy and meaning in life is experienced not by serving yourself, not by being all about you or all about me, but in living for God and serving other people. Can I tell you that some of the happiest, joyful people that I know are people that are serving other people and some of the most miserable people that I know is always like, What are you doing for me? What are you doing for me? Always setting themselves up for perpetual disappointment because it's all about me and you've got to do for me and you've got to come to me and you've got to serve me and you've got to make it happen. And they chronically set themselves up for disappointment because life is not about others and it's not even about God a lot of times, It's me, 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 me. Individualism. It's a worldview and it's so subtle. Sometimes you and I can even pick up elements of it and we don't even realize it materialism, individualism. Let me give you a third one. Hedonism. H-E-D-O-N-I-S-M. Hedonism. And basically, uh, you maybe have not heard of it in that term. And I told you, I was going to give you a lot of information in this overview talk to set up the series. Uh, even if you've not heard the term, you know sort of the mantra, uh, the mentality, the worldview behind it. And it's basically this, if it feels good, do it. And this worldview Basically, as a premise has this, my feelings are the most important thing in life, and feelings, my feelings, become the judge of everything that I do. Now, how many of you have already learned you're old enough and you're wise enough to have already learned that you cannot always trust your feelings and emotions? How many of you, how many of you know this? I hope you do. It will scare me if you don't. How many of you know that your emotions will sometimes lie to you? Is that true? Our emotions, our feelings can sometimes... Another way of of, uh, addressing hedonism is this. The number one goal in life is to feel good. So I've got to do... Whatever I've got to do to feel good because that's the measuring stick of my life. What is it going to be that's going to make me feel good? It's about living my life for pleasure. It's hedonism. It's a worldview. And again, it's so easy for you and I to pick up elements of it because it is so pervasive in the culture that you and I live in every day. On a side note, let me say this. Uh, God is the one that actually created pleasure just to set the record right on that. Yet pleasure and you got to see this. I wish I had more time to talk about it, but I got to keep moving. Pleasure is not the goal in life. It is simply the benefit or the byproduct of living the life that God wants you to live and wants me to live. Let me say that again. God created pleasure. Uh, and God, but he didn't create pleasure so that it's like the goal of my life is just to be about pleasure. What he, what he teaches is, this is, would be the teaching of Jesus, that if I live my life the way that God wants me to live my life, then the byproduct of that is gonna be that I'm gonna have pleasure, I'm gonna have joy in my life. Look at Proverbs, this is an interesting verse. Be sure you get it down. I told you I'd give you a lot of verses. You're addicted to thrills? What an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. And if a person says, that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to live my life based on my feelings, it's all about my feelings, living for pleasure, 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 Uh, then there's this lack of satisfaction. You just never, you never quite get enough, all right? That's hedonism. Number four, pragmatism, pragmatism, two more, pragmatism, whether it's right or not, really doesn't matter if it works for me that's pragmatism. And again, you're not saying, well, you know what? I wonder if I have elements of pragmatism in my, you know, sort of a part of my worldview. But again, what you and I, the voices that we're constantly hearing, what we're seeing, what we're what we're watching is basically, hey, whether it's right or not, it doesn't really matter. It matters whether it's right for me. Uh, you know, it may hurt somebody else, but it it works for me. It it may not be good. In fact, it might be bad, but you know, at the end of the day, if it works for me, it can't be completely wrong. Oh, by the way, uh, pragmatism would have this idea. You cannot tell me what I'm doing is wrong. In fact, all right, now catch this. Um, I want you to be sure that you're clear on this. Pragmatism, this, this is sort of enfolded into pragmatism. You cannot tell me that I'm doing something wrong. In fact, if you tell me I'm doing something wrong, guess what? That actually makes you wrong because it's wrong for you to tell me that I'm doing something wrong. Are you with me? Wave your hand at me. Are you with me? These are worldviews. These are worldviews. Don't tell me. How many of you know uh, when you hear that? And again, you've not heard it in terms of maybe pragmatism, but how many of you know that idea that I just mentioned is more present today in our culture than ever before? You can't tell me I'm wrong? No way. Who are you? And the moment you tell me that what I'm doing is wrong, that's wrong for you to even tell me. But you know what, friends? Choices and decisions and the path that we take all have consequences, either bad or good. So I may think that something is right. Can I tell you this? In first grade, I thought I was right in first grade. You know, a lot of other times I thought I was right that I turned out to be entirely wrong. But in first grade, I thought uh, that I could outrun the flight of yellow jackets. I thought that. And I I was going to put it to a test. But, you know, I was in first grade and I did it to impress a girl. How many of you know already that's going to get you in big trouble right there? You do You do something to show off for a girl, you're already in trouble. First grade, my next door neighbor was Jane. And, man, Jane was beautiful. She's the most beautiful first grader that I had ever seen in my life. And she lived next door. Every time I saw Jane walk out of her house, I wanted to beat my... T- Me, Tarzan, you, Jane. I just, well, maybe not. But I, I sort of felt that way. And Jane had at her house... She she had this yellow jacket nest and I'm like, you're gonna get stung one day and I'm 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 big brave first grader. And I'm like, I can take care of this yellow jacket nest. And I was totally convinced, Craig, that I could outrun these yellow jackets. So I found the biggest rock I could. And it's like on the windowsill uh, of the basement window of her house. And I looked at the, and I mean, it was yay big and covered. It was like black. I don't even know how many yellow jackets, but it didn't matter. I, I've got to impress. Jane, and I'm convinced that I can outrun these yellow jackets. And I got close enough. I knew I could hit it without missing. And I got one foot ready to run. And I reared back. And with all my might as a first grader with my huge biceps, I, I threw that rock as hard as I could. And I'm telling you, have you ever seen cartoons that it looks like a big black cloud comes off and bees or wasp or and I mean, it was like that. And I took off running and I ran out of Jane's yard, through my yard, down the street, through the cul-de-sac where I live and I'm running and I just feel like a cartoon, like I'm running and there's a big black cloud of yellow jackets and I'm running, 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 running and I run and I'm thinking, there is no way these yellow jackets are still following me. And so I turned around and I relaxed and I'm... That's good. And one followed me. It's like one said, hey, boys, don't waste your energy. I'll get him. And when I turned around, stung me right here on the lip, right on my top lip. My lip got, I mean, it was, it's up under my nose. I had to go to the hospital, get a shot. And I'm like, Jane's not impressed when I show back up. And I got a lip that's like this big. <laughs> had you told me I was faster than yellow jackets? I would have said yes. Now I know. I'm not faster than at least one who's ever been designated to sting me. But you can't tell me that I'm wrong. And in fact, if you tell me that uh, I'm wrong, you're wrong. Proverbs 14, 12. Be sure you get this verse down. I'm going to give you a lot of verses. There is a way that seems right, seems right to a man, a person. But in the end, it leads to death. Let me give you one more and then we're going to move on to something else. Number five naturalism, naturalism. So I've mentioned materialism. It's a worldview seeps into our thinking, whether we realize it or not. Individualism, it's got to be about me, 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 always about me. Hedonism, if it feels good, hey, so what? That's my measuring stick. Pragmatism, whether it's right for you or not, you know, if it's right for me and who are you to tell me I'm wrong. Naturalism, number five. It's basically this idea. It's not as pronounced as the others, and I'll touch on it next week a little bit. By the way, I'm just telling you, you do not want to miss next week. I'm already done with that talk. I worked hard on that this past week. You are going to learn so much about you that you don't even know about you next week. I'm telling you, you're going to want to be back for that. And I'll touch on this in that talk. I won't spend a lot of time there, but I'll touch on this. But naturalism, and you're like, okay, uh, what is that? It means essentially God does not even exist. And if he does, it really doesn't matter a whole lot. Here's another word for naturalism that you're more familiar with, and that would be atheism. But lots of naturalists don't like to be known as atheists, so they're naturalists. And basically, the idea of a naturalist is this. Hey, we're just all accidents of nature. You know, there's not a divine designer, creator behind, you know, things just well they just happen we're all accidents there's no god every everything in life is simply the result of random chance there's no divine creator there's no plan there's no purpose there's no real value in life you came from nothing you're going back to nothing there's no god there's no creation there's no eternity this this everything just It just happened. It just sort of random, random chance. It just all this came into existence out of nothing. Can I just tell you this? Listen to me very carefully. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Does that make sense? I don't have enough faith to be an atheist that all that you and I know just came out of nothing. I'm I'm wearing a watch, and I've been wearing this watch for a long time. I got it on sale, which is like I do everything that I ever buy. I, I got it on sale a number of years ago. Didn't pay a whole lot for it. It's turned out to be better than what I expected it would be. And I'm telling you, it would be like me saying, well, you know what? This watch, this watch just out of nowhere Came into being. Wasn't made in a factory. Nobody had to, you know, put it together. It just, there it is. And here's a watch. How wonderful is that? Now, how many of you know the world is a lot more complicated than this little inexpensive watch I got on? So do you believe, if you don't believe that this watch just out and I, you think I just walked along one day, I'm just walking out and just out of nowhere, it's just by random chance, uh, 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 a watch fell out of the sky somehow and I picked it up and put it on and, but a lot of people believe that in terms of God, it just all happened. Does it really matter what we believe? Romans, I want you to see see this before we move on. Romans chapter 1. Uh, Verses uh, 20 and 21, Uh, there are things about God that people cannot see, his eternal power and all the things that make him God. But since the beginning of the world, and we'll touch on this next week, again you don't want to miss it, those things have been easy to understand by what God has made. Look at this next part right here. So people have no excuse for the bad things they do. They knew God, but they did not give glory to God or thank him their thinking became useless. Their foolish minds were filled with darkness. They said they were wise, but they became fools. And so again, this is not something I have time to go into this morning, but even creation, even creation speaks of the glory of God. How many of you like to go to the, like to go to the beach? How many, you like to go to the beach? How many of you are mountain people? You like to go to the mountain. How many of you, either works for you about now because you're really tired and you need a break? All right? I mean, when you go to the, you know, and you look at the ocean, uh, you look at the Gulf or you go over to the East Coast side and you see that, I mean, that speaks to the glory of God. I mean, the mountains and there are beautiful things, all creation. I mean, the seasons, how they work and the rotation of that. How many of you are glad you're getting some cool weather tomorrow? How many of you know that if God had created the, the earth and he had changed the axis and we had just been a fraction of, uh, of a, a fraction of a measure closer to the sun, earth would be so hot that nobody could live. We'd all burn up. But if you tilted it the other direction, it would be too cold and we'd all freeze. I mean, did this just randomly happen? No. There's a creator. There's a divine creator. Does it really matter what we believe. Let me quickly mention this in terms of belief. Scores of people believe this about belief, it's huge. You, maybe you haven't thought about it, but once I say it, you're going to be like, mm-hmm. And, and it's this belief about belief. It's what we could call the sincerity myth. The sincerity myth is basically this. It doesn't really matter what you believe, just be sincere. That's what matters. Doesn't really matter what you believe. Uh, wave at me if you've ever heard some element of that out there somewhere. Doesn't really matter what you believe. Just be sincere. And by the way, if you and I believe different, and you know, uh, and I believe different, you know, you're wrong to tell me that what I believe is. You know, it's just complicated. And these, uh, by the way, these worldviews become competitive against one another. They start fighting against one another, even. But the sincerity myth, and it's everywhere, it's more prevalent in culture than ever before, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe. You can believe anything as long as you're sincere. Now, let me tell you a problem with that. How many of you know that we all have been wrong before? How many of you are willing to admit that you've been wrong about something before? How many of you are willing to admit and raise your other hand that you've been wrong about more than one thing before? right? The sincerity myth, it doesn't matter. Let let me just say this, and I, I hope this doesn't happen to you, but let's just for imagination's sake, let's use our imagination. Let's say that you're getting ready to have major surgery. Would it be more important to you that the surgeon be sincere or competent? What wouldn't matter more to you? Well, he's a likable guy. I know it's gonna be a surgery. It's gonna be five hours, and you know it's it's serious. It's serious. But I like him because my doctor's—he's really sincere. He's sincere. Can I just tell you the truth? That wouldn't matter too licks to you. You know what would matter? You would want to know he was competent, wouldn't you? That's why it wouldn't matter more. Oh, he's, I love my doctor. He's going to cut me open from top to bottom. He's so sincere. You wouldn't care about that. But the sincerity myth says it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere. Now, the Bible tells us, I told you, I was going to give you a lot, three things, and I need to hurry. The Bible, I only have six minutes, and I got to talk quick. The Bible tells us three things about what we believe in terms of relevance. What you believe is write this down somewhere, what you believe will shape your life. It will shape your life. There's no, it's impossible for it not to. Look at this verse on the screen. Look at the next one. Keeping the guys back there busy. Be careful how you think. Why? Because your life is shaped by your thoughts your life is shaped by your thought. What you believe will shape your life. If you're not certain what you believe, and, and then you're not even aware of what is affecting your decisions in the direction of your life. Always remember that your beliefs will determine your behavior and your behavior will determine your future. Let me say that again. Your beliefs, my beliefs will determine our decisions and our behavior, which will determine our future. Number two, what you believe will shape your life. Number two, what you believe will affect whether the course of your life is filled with burdens or blessings. How many of you know there's always the law of consequence that is is at work? How many of you know that even if you don't believe in the law of gravity, that's not going to change the law of gravity? I could say, hey, by the way, right after this service, it's going to end here in about nine minutes or so. Hey, come out. I'm going to shimmy up on top of this building. I don't believe in the law of gravity. I'm going to jump off the top of the theater. How many of you would try to stop me? Some of you. A lot of you just let me do it. Uh, now I see. I'm, I'm out of here. Craig. We told him Quietly. The, listen, I may stand up there and say, I'm about to jump, but guess what? I don't believe in the law of gravity. Is that going to change the law of gravity? I'm, I hope I land on the top of the guest central tent to just sort of cushion my fall. All right? What you believe will shape your life, what you believe will affect whether the course of your life is filled with burdens or blessings. Look at this verse up on the screen. I want to give you a verse to this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, what matters to God, they're going to be most blessed. When you're you're in tune with what God wants for your life, that's going to be a blessed life. All right, number three, what you believe can actually help other people if you can explain it. What you believe can help other people if you explain it. Don't be known. Can I just, because, you know, there's a lot of great churches uh, scattered across the United States. But obviously, obviously, no church matters to me like this one because we're a family together. And, and you know, I love this church like no other church. That's that's only, you know, made, made sense. And so what I want to say to you, and I hope that you'll take this seriously, be known for what you believe and not for what you don't believe. So a lot of times Christians, and you've seen this and I've seen it, how do they articulate they, their faith by what they don't believe? I don't believe in that and that and that and that. I don't believe in that. and that. So what do you believe in? I'm not sure, but I know what I don't believe in. Know what you believe in. And we're going to talk about it. This is a really, really important series. Maybe the, one of the most important ones that we've ever done here. Because it does matter what we believe. And we need to be able to communicate to other people. Well, I, I don't believe that. No, that's not what you believe. It's what you don't believe. Look at this verse right here. This is a great verse. A lot of you are familiar with it. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. All right? So let me wrap up. I've got more information than I do time. So let me condense this down. As we get ready to wrap up part one of our new series, perhaps you're wondering, how can I be certain that I'm developing an accurate worldview? And I'll give you three things here. All right. Number one, and we're going to be talking about it. That's why it's important that you be back each week during this series. Number one, learn what is true. Learn what is true. The foundation of your life really matters. Jesus told this phenomenal story. Obviously, we don't have time to get into it. Jesus told a story about two men, and each of them had a foundation in their life. One had a foundation that was really shaky, it was a foundation of sand. And Jesus said, That guy's in big trouble because as soon as the storm comes into his life, how many of you know we're all going to face storms? How many of you know that already? This man is ill prepared because as soon as the storm comes and hits the foundation of his life, which is built of sand, there's going to be a great collapse he said on the other hand and jesus told the story contrastingly about the guy who his foundation his life was built and that's what jesus was talking about not a literal foundation but a person's life jesus said but if instead your life is built on a solid rock hey you're going to face a storm just like everybody else it, what, what's the difference It's not in the storm is the foundation, but that person is going to be able to stand the storms of life. So I'm, I'm just asking you to be thinking about it during this series. What are you building your life on? What are you building your life? Are you building it on God's truth? Are you like, well, just there's some ideas out there. There's some opinions. And I've seen some stuff about social media. And by the way, my friends believe this, that's, You don't want that to be the cornerstone, the foundation of your life. So learn what is true. Number two, I need to use a word that rhymes just because preachers do that. Burn what is false. Burn, get rid of it. Everything that our culture throws at you cannot be true. You need to check out what other people are telling you. You need to check out what I'm telling you. Don't just take my word for it. Measure it against the Bible. Measure it against the Bible to see if it's true. And I'm not asking you to be cynical. Like You don't want to turn into a cynic where you don't ever, but you want to be discerning. So learn what is true. Burn what is false. Thirdly, turn from trash to truth. How many of you know there's a lot of trash? As always grabbing for our attention. And we could give examples of that, but we're out of time. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to worship God. We've got one more great song. How many of you, how many of you will do your best? You don't even have to wave your hand. I'm going to accept it by faith, even though you don't care if I jump off the theater right after this service. I'm going to accept it by faith that you're going to be here next week and you're going to bring somebody with you. Well, Jeff, where are they going to go? We'll, we'll get that word dial. Where are they going to be? This is a series you're going to want to be a part of. You're going to want your family and friends to be a part of. It really matters. Your worldview, my worldview really matters a lot. Hey, I'm going to pray this prayer. I don't want you to leave. We've got one more song we're going to do. Uh, it's not, we've not even been here in an hour. You said, well, it felt like an hour while you were up there saying so much. (laughs) But it hasn't been. And I want us to pray, and I want us to worship God. Listen, I'm going to talk about this next, next week. God created you. God created you. Every detail about your life. God saw you before you were even born. And he knows. And it's just wonderful. If you're like, man, does my life have value? You don't want to miss next week. This God that created us deserves our worship. And I want us to give God praise. And then Randy will dismiss us out in prayer. But, Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we want to build our life on truth. We don't want our life to be built on sand. And we face storms and everything just gets demolished. It just collapses we want our life to be to be built upon something that is steady and firm and steadfast solid rock god you are the god that created us you are the god that gives uh deserves our praise and so we want to give it to you right now in jesus name let's worship god together before we're done
1: come on get your hands together with us for all people On the side can be raising in the room this morning. From the front to the back. Can you get your hands together this morning? Come on. Come on, we believe that the Lord is with us through every season. We have a reason to worship in this place. Come on. So every voice this morning, let's declare it with the i